0: Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday on this October the 4th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. This is Law and Gospel. And with me will be Pastor Mark Smith as we look at the hymn, Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old. Originally, it began with thine arm. O Lord, in days of old. And it was penned by a notable hymn writer, poet, professor, and clergyman, Edward H. Plumptre. He lived from 1821 to 1891. And he wrote it in June, 1867, for a hospital, King's College Hospital in London, England. This is a wonderful hymn and commends itself to addressing and giving comfort to those who suffer from sickness, disability, or are near death. And of course, for those who care for them. But above all, It confesses Christ as God incarnate who was sent to us as the great physician. This hymn, he intended for use in the hospital and can be sung in confidence as a prayer for both present and eternal healing of body and soul. It's specifically set for the proper 23, which is this coming Sunday, that Sunday. And I'm not that familiar with this hymn. Uh, are you, Pastor Smith?
1: No, I'm not, but I, I found what you said very interesting. I mean, I think it, it's something that we can remember and use in our hospital calls.
0: Yes. Although, how would we use it? Would you sing it?
1: I would No, I would use it as a prayer.
0: Very good. Mm-hmm. It's referred to as a collect. What does that mean? A collect?
1: It's a, like the prayer for the day.
0: Yes. And a collect means a, a small prayer and a collection of thoughts for the right. theme of the day. And, and therefore, this would be a very good collect. Your hand, O Lord, in days of old. So, if you would begin by speaking stanza one.
1: Okay, I sure will. Your hand, O Lord, in days of old, was strong to heal and save. It triumphed over ills and death, or darkness and the grave. To you they came, the blind, the mute, the palsied, and the lame, the lepers in their misery, the sick with fevered frame.
0: (laughs) So in this first stanza, it's a reminder that Jesus, as part of the kingdom of God, gave an insight what it would be like in heaven. And he healed people. Do you remember a Bible verse where he talked about that?
1: A Bible verse that talks about how uh, how it'll be in heaven with no uh,
0: um, well with Jesus' what? healing
1: with His healing.
0: I'll give you a hint. Okay, it's it was a question asked by the disciples of John the Baptizer.
1: Oh yes, uh, yes. Um, that's uh, go and tell John what you see and hear. The the lame walk, the blind see, uh, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Uh, what else did he say? But the, the, the lepers he was the, are cleansed, the lepers and the, are deaf cleansed. Ear,
0: yes. and the dead are raised up. This is Matthew 11, verses 3 to 5.
1: Right, right.
0: And Jesus And John not knew right here. away.
1: John the Baptist knew right away when he heard that. He, he knew that on the basis of Old Testament prophecy that Christ was indeed the promised Messiah.
0: Yes, because that was a quote from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. In fact, many times the teaching of Jesus was based on the Old Testament. In fact, the greatest time that that occurred, can you explain what happened on the road to Emmaus?
1: Oh, boy, wrote to Emmaus. What a Bible study that must have been when he met those disciples, and he opened up all the scriptures. And, of course, when it says that, you're talking about the Old Testament. That's the only scriptures that were available to them at the time and the only ones that were written. And he opened up the scriptures to them went through who knows how many Bible passages throughout the Old Testament that he showed uh, that the Christ was the fulfillment of those.
0: Excellent answer. And this particular one, where he talks about the lame walking, the deaf hearing, etc., was from Isaiah chapter 29, verse 18, chapter 35, 5 to 6, and chapter 42, verse 18.
1: So a lot from Isaiah.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. I don't know. I consider. Romans, to be the most theological New Testament book, Galatians is a quick second. But in the Old Testament, I think Isaiah is the best theological book.
1: Yeah, I would agree.
0: Tell about the history. But in Isaiah, you cannot read Isaiah without being reminded of the gospel. By his stripes, we were healed the lord laid on him the iniquity of us all what does that mean
1: well that's talking about the crucifixion uh yeah in fact i remember uh i remember uh, our friend pete krausky telling about how he he used isaiah 53 uh when he was witnessing to a, a jewish lady and uh and isaiah 53 you know that talks about the crucifixion 700 years later and after he had gone through isaiah she said okay well now tell me something from the old testament <laughs>
0: yes she hadn't realized that that was the old testament she thought yeah. it was the new testament yeah and that's how you bring someone to faith you bring them that's to right. faith by repeating the words of god in the bible and the holy spirit can create that faith through word and sacrament. That's why we call it the means of grace. What does that mean, the means of grace?
1: It's the means, it's the vehicle, or the means, uh, or the avenue through which God's Holy Spirit uh, blesses us with faith and
0: forgiveness of sins. Yes. Now, it's interesting There is a third verse that he wrote that is not part of the hymnal. In other words, they took it out because it refers to the natural as opposed to the miraculous healings of today. And it has been omitted in recent hymnals. Let me read that third verse that's not there. Oh, that'll be good. Though love and might no longer heal by touch or word or look though they who do thy work must read the laws in nature's book yet come to heal the sick man's soul come cleanse the leprous taint give joy and peace where all is strife and strength where all is faint now i don't think we really would agree with the thinking of that third verse no. That no longer do these miracles occur. Why not? Yeah.
1: Well, of course miracles uh, you know miracles still exist today. God still has the power to uh, to heal us directly, and he does. He does also indeed work through people and through medicine uh, to bring about his healing. It's not necessarily uh, a miracle as we usually think of it. But nevertheless, God works. Uh, God works through medicine and 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 uh, and, and uh, gifts of healing today, as well as performing miracles.
0: Yes, I uh, listened to the physician, who was a physician at Concordia Seminary. He was giving a lecture on his experience. He gave four occasions when people, for example, had cancer, and yet when they were ready to begin to work on it, it suddenly disappeared. And they had no understanding how that happened. Yeah. So I would consider that uh, to be a miracle. Yeah. And I think all doctors can give that insight where they thought, wow, You know, how many people have told you only have six months to live and six years later they're still living?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is amazing what God can do sometimes. And it really... Yes, go ahead.
0: The verse says he triumphed over darkness and the grave. What would the word darkness therefore mean?
1: would that be despair the, the yes. dark darkness of despair?
0: Yes. Somebody may be ill or this sort of thing and they're despair because they can't do the things that they're wanting to do after surgery. I'm well, in a wheelchair and I love playing tennis. It's a little hard to do that from a wheelchair.
1: Or could that also be blindness, you know, uh, Uh, I mean, physical blindness, your your eyesight is gone.
0: Yes, I I know that. I, I, I know of a pastor, though, who's blind. And he actually told me once that he thought he would still continue to be blind in heaven because it didn't seem to really interfere that much with his life. But I remember two things about him. One, I would often pick him up from the church where I was an interim pastor and he was helping out and drive him home. And I remember driving him into his driveway. He'd get out, walk up the sidewalk, open the back gate, and go in his house at the back. But as he opened the back gate and went walking, he tripped over his dog.
1: Yeah yeah I know I think I know the pastor you're talking about. He was quite a guy,
0: and then one other time he actually used wood machinery like saws and stuff, and he cut his finger. uh-huh, so I don't even like using those saws, and I can see, yeah, I'm just the same don't know way what can happen <laughs> yeah, that's right, so I explained to him no that blindness is part of the fall and that it doesn't mean that you're a greater sinner than anyone else, but you have more to look forward to in heaven than those of us who can see.
1: Yeah. I once had two blind people in my congregation. Uh, One was, one was blind from birth and the other was uh, blind due to, uh, diabetes. uh, but the but uh, they're both they're both with our Lord. I'm I'm absolutely sure they're both with our Lord right now, yes. and I imagine they can they can really see.
0: Fortunately, they were able to hear, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Now this pastor who was blind, people thought he did wonderful sermons by memory. But what's the method by which blind people can read something with their fingers.
1: Well, Braille.
0: Braille. Yes. And he had the sermon in Braille in the pulpit, but people couldn't see the sermon and he would be touching it with his fingers, but he never had to look down.
1: Right. Oh yes.
0: Boy, that that's something. That's a, a no
1: a kidding. Real no, it's, it's, it's amazing how it's amazing how these people will, uh, with God's help can overcome those disabilities. Yeah. He, yes, he came I... and preached, he came and preached at our church at least once or twice. I remember. And, and he was determined to find his way around. I, I know <laughs> you you have to watch out for him a little bit because, you know, he wasn't real familiar with the, the surroundings there at, at our church, but, sure. uh, he was amazing. It was amazing how he could manage.
0: Yeah. I could drop a coin, a penny or a nickel or a dime or a quarter And by hearing it, he could tell which coin it was.
1: Yeah. No kidding.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt that being blind, you get some other abilities that people who aren't blind don't have. But Jesus healed them. And you're correct. He did heal someone who was blind from birth. And remember what the disciples said to Jesus?
1: who team. sinned oh yes their their question was who sinned him or his parents
0: because in judaism at that time they believed that being lame or blind or deaf or whatever was a punishment from god right so part of the reason they crucified jesus was that he was taking away punishments that God had meant for people. And the disciples fell into that trap, thinking there must have been a sin by either his parents or him that he had been born blind.
1: Yeah. And they were mad at Jesus simply because he was healing people on the Sabbath.
0: Oh, boy. That was (laughs) a rule in Judaism that doctors were not to work. And Jesus, well, he really caught them. He said, So if your son falls into a hole on the Sabbath, you're going to wait till Sunday to go pick him up? (laughs) And what was the hard work that many did in the temple on Saturdays? They sacrificed lambs and sheep. Right. And that was work. So came to Jesus, the verse says, The blind, the mute, the palsied, and the lame. The lepers in their misery. The sick with fevered frame. And Jesus healed all of them. That's right. As a signal of what heaven is going to be like. Okay, if you would read stanza two. Your touch, then, Lord, brought
1: life and health, gave speech and strength and sight, and youth renewed and frenzied cal- and frenzy calmed, revealed you, Lord of Light. And now, O Lord, be near to bless, Almighty as before, in crowded street, by beds of pain, as by. Gennesaret's shore.
0: All right, what does Gennesaret's shore refer to?
1: That uh, refers to the shore of the uh, sea of Galilee.
0: Yes. And there Jesus did preaching and he did healing. Right. So you can understand that this is a collect, a small prayer to God, and I think it would be quite comforting. For somebody in a hospital bed,
1: yeah, particularly as you, uh, as as we've talked about it and and explained it, I think it'd yes, be a good a devotion.
0: Of, uh, yeah, A lot of times our devotions, often in the hospital, are based on the Psalms because there's so much comfort there. I've never used this hymn. Uh, now a similar tune is found in hymn 444 in our hymnal. Right. And and that's a tune that uh, they're going to probably be playing. Are, are you going to sing this hymn this Sunday? Uh,
1: no, no, and it's simply because I'm not familiar with the melody. I I very rarely pick a hymn if I'm not familiar with the melody.
0: Yeah. But, the, it, uh, but I realize... What? I realize it. I realize
1: it's a good. A good devotional hymn, and it's good for the uh, particularly. I think for the the gospel.
0: Yes, the hymn four forty four is "No tramp of soldiers marching feet, with banners and with drums," and that's about when the King of Glory comes. So. It's a Holy Week hymn of Jesus going into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. But that's the same tune. And that and our hymnal have all the notes in comparison to just the top notes in 846. Your hand, O Lord, in days of old. Okay, stanza three, please. O be our
1: great Deliverer still, the Lord of life and death. Restore and quicken, soothe and bless with your life-giving breath. To hands that work and eyes that see, give wisdom's healing power, that whole and sick and weak and strong may praise you evermore.
0: Now, the line that caught my attention is that he would restore and quicken, soothe and bless with your life-giving breath. Well, what does that mean? Because Jesus isn't present in the hospital room, is he?
1: Well, oh, well, you know what? Remember when he breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit? Yes. You know, as we, as we confess in the creed, uh, it, it proceeds from the father, the Holy spirit proceeds from the father and the son, and he merely breathed on the disciples, giving them the Holy spirit. And of course his Holy spirit, uh, we don't, we don't have the power to give the Holy spirit through our breath, but it does. The Holy spirit does come through the gospel,
0: but that is through our breath our breath would be the words we say. Right. And so in a sense, there's another occasion where breathing was done.
1: Yes, yes. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul.
0: Excellent, excellent. Creation. Yes. And so we consider the gift of the Holy Spirit to be a recreation. Now, a lot of people say recreation, but it's a recreation of how Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. And they received the gift of the Holy Spirit there because they were able to talk with God. They were comforted until they no longer believed God's word and went with Satan. And that was really too bad. But God still has his breath that comes from us as we speak. And so we're asking God to give hands that work and eyes that see, give wisdom's healing power, that whole and sick and weak and strong may praise you evermore. Not necessarily that they'll be healed from their disease. One of my favorite Bible verses is from Habakkuk, chapter 3. It was, believe it or not, the favorite Bible verse of Martin Charlemagne, professor at the seminary. He was New Testament teacher but his favorite bible verse was habakkuk and that was that there was no grain that was growing there were no cows in the stall Uh, he did a number of things that were going wrong and then he says yet i will rejoice in the lord god my salvation so that knowing that our sins are forgiven knowing that heaven is our home, it really doesn't matter what's happening in our life because we have the greatest gift. Even if we aren't healed of our illness or endure through the suffering that the devil is putting on us, we can still be assured that we have salvation. I'm sure you had members who were that way.
1: That sounds like a good Thanksgiving verse, Tom. What's the reference of that Habakkuk Habakkuk verse again?
0: Habakkuk chapter three, verses 17 to 19. It's the end of the book of Habakkuk. And so it's really one of the greatest promises. And it comforts people because sure, I may not have the riches my neighbor has, or the best car, or the best house, or even the best family, but I have Jesus, and that's really what this hymn is about. Do you notice the category under which it is placed?
1: Society.
0: Yes. What does that mean?
1: Well, uh, it can it can uh, be be talking about uh, what we refer to as. as social ministry that is uh the gift of uh, healing the healing ministry or the uh helping the poor the downtrodden deals
0: deals with temporal rather than just spiritual right so these people remember the 10 lepers i find that interesting that that's the reading for this sunday of the 10 lepers that he healed, and only the Samaritan one came back and thanked him. Normally, I thought that was reserved for Thanksgiving week, but they have it this week instead. So, something to read and maybe mention in the sermon. That could be part of the reason why this hymn is here. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Smith, Pastor Mark Smith, For helping us with this hymn, Your Hand, O Lord, in Days of Old. We will be singing it at the four churches I'm helping with in Illinois, and it still gives you an opportunity to read the words and use them during a hospital call. Until next time, then, God bless you.